Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks. That's betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks for 10% off your first month. And thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Like many of you, you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey everybody, welcome back to, well, it's... It's me, it's me, I totally forgot. Listen. Oh my God, dude. We, listen, okay, all right. Full transparency for all of our listeners just now. Uh, Ho, ho, ho. Um, ho, 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 ho. So normally when we when we do our uh our episodes we have a quote-unquote script it's more of like a uh guideline, like a guideline. yeah right right yeah and usually we copy and paste like our little introductions so we don't flub them right but i forgot to put both of our introductions <laughs> in this episode right. so yeah that's my bad as a uh as a contributor to this podcast so let me tell you about this guy right here his name is james cox um he, and i'm just kidding you do your thing <laughs> Let's see if I can remember it. It's me, it's me, it's JC, and welcome back Woo! to the Worst Fail Music Speaks podcast, where we fight depression with the power of music. I'm your professional handicap host, James Cox, like I said before, and that, and I was Scooter from the Muppets last week, but I'm not anymore. How about you? Uh, listen, you got it, man. That was perfect. That was perfect. Right. Uh, so Wait. I'm commonly all, all you had to do was give me some time and I nailed that. You know? Yeah, let me see if I can remember mine. Um, okay, so I'm commonly referred to as loudest guy in the room, but only when I'm playing the drums. My name is, oh, no, hold on. I'm your endless source of useless music knowledge. My name is Blake Mosley, a.k.a. Brosley, a.k.a. Emo Bemo. And I don't want a lot for Christmas, but there's just one thing I need, and it's another Cover Wars all mm. about Christmas songs. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was, now, that was off the cuff. That was and off the cuff. to show you that my professionalism as a podcaster to be able to just you know wing See, our, it without a script our, our brains right. are are not like the others i guess programs right we're yeah. podcast programmed we're, uh-huh. well, i guess that would be a good thing and a bad thing you know because yeah yeah that people are programmed that man they're just you know uh groomed i guess but hey, <laughs> we're kind of grooming ourselves here in the podcast but uh something i <laughs> I I I, I want to ask you before we talked on the um, before we went on air. You said that uh, we were talking about how you uh, learn music from ear. Oh yeah, we were talking about your your Blink One Eighty Two. Okay, yeah. Very, so yeah, so let's play that to the good people, please. 
Okay, so I um yeah, so I made Allie mad a little bit uh the other oh. night because um so <laughs> she has been um so she's been playing uh, so our church has two campuses right we have the Sumter campus and we have one in Camden um and she has been leading worship at our Camden campus just by herself playing guitar and she's been playing guitar for years um and uh she so she <laughs> the other night she's practicing and i grab her, and once she's done i grab her guitar and i start like playing along on one string now mind you i have not taken lessons i don't know anything about notes or chords or anything like that um i can play a g on a guitar and that's and an e minor and that's all i got so <laughs> um so i picking around and i was like you know what i think this is what's my age again by um blink Two. And so, and then I realized, I was like, wait, is it only four notes and chords, like in the whole song? That is amazing. Yeah. Just rearranged. Right. So I'm sitting there and I figured it out and I just kind of plucked around for a little bit. And then I played the song and played along to it. And I was like, so did you just like figure that out? Like, uh, like, you know, off the top of your head. And I was like, like, well, yeah, <laughs> like, but it's only one string and it's only four notes. She's like, right. But you just knew what order to put it in without having to read the music or anything. I was like, no, like, I just, me. yeah, just, I, I, I just played it and made her sick. So <laughs> anyway, that's, yeah. So that's what we're, that's what we were talking about right before we started recording. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So anybody that can hear music and just play it. It frustrates me to death to no end because well, I can do it. You know, with drums, it's actually it's I easy. I can't really play guitar, so then again, it's my fault because I mean, well, if I did, then I could possibly possibly learn how to play by ear. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay. So here's the thing: I play drums, and drums are a lot easier to play by ear than guitar and explain. Well, it's just because there's no there's no notes involved. Like most of the time, you can hear, you can tell what is a kick, what's a snare drum, what are your toms. Uh, you can tell which symbol is being played most of the time, um, so it's not that difficult to listen to it and be and hear the hear a beat and be like, okay, I can figure that out. And you sit down and and play it without having to read the sheet music, right? Um, unless you are in like like an orchestra or something where they heavily rely on the sheet music because there's not a lot or off the cuff stuff. If you're in a band like I don't know Mashuga and you're like blasting like twenty five thousand yeah. miles an hour and per minute. Then you yeah. need some like 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 sheet music for that or behemoth or you know one of those <laughs> monsters. By the way, um, I saw a video the other day and it made me think of you and I meant to send it to you because I know you like Meshuga. I but, do. Uh, so the song uh, is it Blood? Is that the name of the song? Bleed. Blood. Bleed. Bleed by Meshuga. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got that like very iconic. It's used all the time now, but like very at the time, very iconic intro with the double bass that yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, so like. Now a lot of bands know how to do that, but it's so funny because there's a lot of people who will try to learn that that double bass part, and it's extremely hard. I can't do it. No, uh, no, no, I don't. But I don't know I saw, anybody else who can do it besides. I mean, yeah, they're they're out there. It's just it's oh, so yeah. hard to learn. Right. Um, but it but I saw somebody who was like, I finally figured out how to play "Bleed" by Mashuga, and what he did was he took two bass drums and he mounted them mm -hmm. uh, on like what a lot of classical like. Uh, or like orchestras will play on, like put it on a mount, took two mallets, and he's playing that double bass part instead yeah. of with his legs. He's playing with his hands because it's easier. Yeah, um, <laughs> your hands all day long, it's fine. It's well, you can do it that way, it. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah. So and so, all he's doing with his feet is like controlling like a snare drum and a and like a cymbal. Yeah. Um. So it, and the and basically that's just one, it two, like three, four. It sounds, right. it, it sounds from the ear here like he's playing two songs at one time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and it's, and it's amazing because like all this guy did was just switch from his hands 
and his feet, which is a heck of a lot easier than trying to do it with your feet, right? So anyway, it was funny. And I'm a drummer, you're probably not even gonna understand what I'm talking about. But um it's funny. Yeah, matter of fact, I got a funny story to tell you before we move on. Um Paul and uh oh my god, what's his name? Kyle. They're Kyle. Kyle. Kyle and Paul are 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 good friends of ours. Um Uh they're a band called Pathos and Logos. Uh-huh. Um, they're a band from Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I had them, uh, we had them on our show twi- twice or three times, but somehow yeah. we got we got on the same uh, topic as 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 we just did, you know, on, on Mashiga. Yeah, and I said the exact same thing I told you, like like Thomas is playing two. It, 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 it sounds like he we was playing two songs at once, and Paul yeah. yelled like, "Yes, I told Kyle right before we got on with you." That he plays two songs at once. That, that sounds like it, you know. So, yeah. so, I, so I think the the fact that I, I me and Paul share the same love for Mushrik and and as well as you, like says yeah. everything about the band. You know, I mean yeah. they've been around for years. You know, they have. They really yeah. paved the way for a lot of like deathcore, metalcore bands. Yeah, um, yeah like as far as like what you hear now, when it comes to that mm-hmm. type of music, honestly, we probably would not have had it not been for bands like Mushuga. Um, or but, yeah, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I think Kill Switch Engage had a lot to do with like the modern sound too. Um, yeah, there's, and, a and metal band, there's a lot of metal bands and and not metal bands like, that were truly inspired by Michigan, you know, because you never yeah, know yeah. what band what bands listens to like other genres, you know. Yeah, that's right. Like Puss Malone is a really big fan of metal, but he he's he's a rapper, you right. know. Right. And by the way, have you seen his cover of? Um, them bones by no, Allison. No, not yet, but I really want to. We got to do so a couple good. more of that one. Yes, yes, please. It yeah. is so he does it with like a mini choir too, and it adds mm. to like the I don't know. The I've always said Allison Chains, especially when it comes to their vocals with Lane Staley and um, uh, oh my gosh, I Barry, can't think of his name. Barry Kintra. Uh, yes, um, like the, the he always does the the harmonies. Yeah, and his harmonies are so haunting is the best way i can i can describe it yeah um and especially now now that lane staley is no longer with us uh it's even more eerie to hear some of those songs um but yeah them bones is like my favorite allison chain song and um post malone did a cover of it with this like mini choir and he's playing guitar and singing and he's got such a passion in his voice and so much emotion that just oozes out of him Mm, and with that choir it's just it's so so good yeah we, we we definitely need to do one on yeah, that, definitely. um, so guess yeah. what? Yeah, what we one more. I, I swear to god, that we're gonna move on, but uh, but this Christmas, th- you know, it's Christmas season, y'all. So, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, um, and Merry uh, Chrysler, Merry Chrysler. Yeah, I still get the kick out of that every time you say it, <laughs> but um, I'm I, I still hear last Christmas songs at last Christmas. Christmas. Why do I hear that? Although I did hear a good cover of that song, but I'm not sure who it was. So maybe listen, we did it. We did a cover wars, and it was Jimmy World and Taylor Swift. And honestly, I even being a Swifty, I think I chose Jimmy World's version of it. Yeah. Um, I think it was more like like poppier or something. I don't. don't, Yeah, and I don't mind the song. No, that one's okay. Um, there's definitely some that make me want to just bury my head in the sand. Mm -hmm. Um, it never come out. Funny story. Again, I told Kevin, you know, because we have had him yep. on the show, and I told him that uh, you said that Christmas rapping was the most right. horrifically. And I listened to the episode, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't know that one." And then I was like, and like "Oh," and I'm like, "Don't listen to it." Cause, cause yeah, I well, here's the thing. Here's huh? the thing. 
Okay. People do know it. They do know it. As soon as they hear it, they're like, oh yeah, I hate that freaking song. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's, and it's like the best way that I can describe it is like, I t- I'll tell someone like, yeah, Christmas rapping is the terrible, is the most terrible Christmas song ever. And they're like, oh, I don't know that song. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, the song that goes, and everyone's like, oh, that, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as you say that, they know exactly what you're talking about. Right. And it's the deadpan vocals. And then they're always like, man, who did that? And I'm like, you know, the band that did, I know what boys like. I know what girls want. Yeah, Yeah. right. So that's that's the same band. And that also blows everyone's mind. I'm like, Mm. yeah, well, you can tell by the deadpan vocals that that's exactly what was happening. The only redeeming quality of that song rant over in about five seconds is the funky bass line that's in that thing. That's the only Mm. good part of that song. I love the bass line in it. And that's it. Rant over. Put me in Facebook jail. Yes. Right. Right. So, Blake. (laughs) She's officially thawed out, and I'm and I and I know you know what I'm saying. Yep. Miss I know what you're saying. Mariah Carey has thawed out, so we're we're going to do all all. Listen, all, all up, I can't talk today. Before before we get into that, I okay. want to set the okay. record straight. Okay. I want to set the record straight. Yes, all of you podcast listeners, listen to me. All eyes on me. All ears on me. Mariah Carey is not the queen of Christmas, nor has she ever been, nor will she ever be. I will give her that this is a great Christmas song, but this is the only Christmas song, to my knowledge, that she has that has ever been a success. Um, and in fact, there is another Christmas song on her Christmas album that the same one that this came out on mm-hmm. that is almost like a duplicate of All I Want for Christmas is You. Now, I will also give her the credit in saying that there are a lot of modern pop Christmas songs that are modeled after this one in in uh as far as things like time signature um and structure of the song and even the content like there's so many christmas songs now it's like i don't need a present all i need is the love of my man and that i mean that's that's it right (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i will uh, listen mariah carey claiming to be the queen of christmas i will say nay and I will raise you a Michael Buble. If anybody is going to claim royalty when it comes, well, okay. For those of you, for our, our Christian list, listeners, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? Ultimately, Boom. the king of Christmas, there right? Is. But Michael, I don't want to get I, listen. I don't want to get chastised. No, no. Uh, no, no. So listen, um, Michael Buble. Though I think if we're going to crown anybody as having a career that is like solely based well not solely based he's got some good original original tunes but every when you think of christmas a lot of people t- the first thing that comes to mind is michael buble so i don't know we'll do it we'll do an episode okay. on michael buble and test that theory later okay so he is the christmas king jesus is king number one so don't jesus, get along, y'all. jesus is lord so we're, we're still gonna we're still gonna <laughs> yeah uh, yeah you know chastise him <laughs> Of Christmas songs, I should reiterate that before I say yeah, something. Yeah. King of Christmas songs. King of so Michael is Michael Bublé is a king of Christmas songs, right? Right. So who do you think that the Christmas Queen is? Now Listen, you said that Carrie's not. Um, if I had to, I if that. I had to vote a a Christmas Queen, mm-hmm. like honestly, it's just a female that sings Christmas songs. Uh huh. You know. I would I would put Kelly Clarkson over Mariah Carey in a heartbeat. Kelly Clarkson okay. has a lot of really good Christmas songs. Yeah, um, I, underneath I the tree is a great one. We're gonna do an episode here, um, some sometime in the future, um, before Christmas about like modern 
Christmas classics, and I definitely have "Underneath the Tree" by Kelly Clarkson on there because it's it's a great. But 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 again, that song, if you listen to it, it is very heavily influenced by "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it, again, it's that theming of like I don't need a present. I just need I need my my the love of my man. I need him yeah. in my arms. That is my ultimate Christmas gift. Um, I don't need fancy things, whatever. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I, I I would say I'd say Kelly Clarkson. Okay, oh, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> that's fair uh, enough. That's that's right. a good that's a good pick, sir. Who's your pick? Uh, you know what? I I don't really I I think that. Well, Dolly Parton's way up there too. I, mean, I almost said Dolly Parton, but yeah, yeah. yeah but I couldn't think Dolly. of any off the top yeah. of my head. Right. Yeah, I I really wanted to come on the show with Dolly Parton. I, I would love to talk Dolly Parton. Parton. I'd mm. crap my pants if Dolly Parton came on the show. We'll have to crap the pants before or after. Not uh, okay. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna chat ourselves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Never oh. trust a fart. Anyway, all right. So if you have not guessed, if you have not figured it out, we're today we're talking, we're doing a cover wars, baby, Christmas cover wars on all I want for Christmas is you. Yes. And I'm very excited because this is one when we started this podcast and we started doing cover wars as kind of like little side episodes. This is one I wanted to do from the get-go, but I always had one picked out and I could never figure out what would be a worthy competitor so that I could make it a a a, a true fair match because like obviously one of these picks is one of my favorite bands ever so I'm, I'm just not gonna put a crappy cover up there and just be like yeah that one sucks so i'm gonna go with this one i I'm, that's not fair i'm not here to do that um but yes we are definitely doing this and i honestly i think that you are so i'm a i'm a i'm a big fan of one of these bands i do not know the other band but i think you might okay so well, let's we'll find it. out about that in a second um so um, let's see here. So All I Want for Christmas is You is a song by American singer Mariah Carey from her fourth studio album and first holiday album, Merry Christmas, which was released in 1994. Written and produced by Carey and Walter Afra, Af, a, mm, a fan, A-F-G-N, a, I can't even read. A, a fan, a fun, a fun, a Walter, Walter wrote it. Walter. Okay. The song was released as the lead single from the album on October 29th, 1994. So uh, by Columbia Records. So just before Halloween, <laughs> we're going to release this Christmas album. Uh, the, the track is an uh, up-tempo love song that includes belt chimes, backing vocals, and synthesizers. Uh, it's received, uh, it's received cr- uh, critical acclaim with The New Yorker describing it as one of the few worthy modern additions to the holiday canon. Um, the oh, lost one place. The song has become a Christmas standard with a significant rise in popularity each December. And I will give them that. It seems like, and think about it now. So this song has been out for almost twenty years at this point, right? Like every year, it does seem like it just grows a little bit more and more. You start seeing more covers of it. You start ta- hearing people talk about like Mariah Carey is thawing out once like you know Halloween's over. They're like, oh, she's defrosting. She's gonna. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I I have noticed a significant rise in popularity. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I wonder if she has like a like a like a, uh, like a deal with with the radio people. Play this every hour on the hour every day. Yeah, you know, I mean, because that song was not not anymore, but that song was. Like played on the hour, every hour when I'm since '94 up until everywhere. You know, yes, right. yeah, yeah, so yeah, 
It's been, it's been, it, it, it yeah. And, yeah. and to some people they're over it. I still think oh, yeah. it's a good song. Yeah. Um, you know, Allie really loves the song, but, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. To this day, I, I, I can not listen to Leonard Skinner's free bird and, <laughs> I, and I would be fine. You know, I would yeah. listen to that song all the time when I went to clubbing and, you know, when you used to go out in the club and, and yeah. jukeboxes and whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the song was a success uh, when first released, uh, reaching number six on the Billboard's Hot Adult Contemporary chart in the USA and number two in the UK and Japan. Uh, the advent of music streaming has led to a renewed success for the single, though, which now annually re-enters charts worldwide in the weeks before Christmas and has reached the number one in over 25 countries. Uh, partially due to it being added to uh, popular seasonal playlists, as one should, you know. Sure. When you think about Christmas, you have to have, have that in the playlist, right? That That's one that has to be there. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It, it is. It, it doesn't feel right if it's not added. So Exactly, exactly. So uh, this single has broken the record for the longest gap between release and reaching number one in the in both the, the U.S. and the U.K., uh, 25 and 26 years, respectively. Uh, the song has sold uh, 60 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling digital singles of all time. In 2023, uh, the song was selected by the Library of Congress for inclusion in the National Record, Record Registry. I feel like that's a big deal. Like when you get to that point, um, you really have something on on your hands there. I'm not even sure what the, what what that means though. I mean, because is that bigger than whole, like like in existence to the whole Hall of Fame? How would that rank between like for, like for songs? Because I don't know. I I, I don't I, either. I, yeah, I, I, I never heard. Yeah, that that's beyond me. I don't know. I don't know what qualifies and how you. Yeah, I don't know how any of that works. Right. And it's not for me to know because I'm a simpleton. Me too. Anyway, <laughs> following the success of her 1993 album Music Box, Carrie and her management at Columbia Records, including Carrie's then husband, Tommy Matala, um, head of Columbia's parent label, Sony Music Entertainment, um, began planning further projects. The group first discussed recording a Christmas album, but hesitated as such albums were typically released towards when an artist's careers are waning. Um, yeah, you don't see that a lot. You don't see someone come out uh, and like start getting all this success, Not a new all. pop artist, and then hit them like, yeah, you wait until they've been around for 20, 30 years, hadn't had a good hit in a while. And then like, oh, they're going to do they're back with the Christmas classics and they play the commercials and whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it's, it's rightfully so. They were like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, so Carrie's songwriting partner of over four years, Walter that we mentioned before, I'm not going to attempt that last name back. Uh, this is what he had to say back then. You didn't have a lot of artists with Christmas albums. It wasn't a known science at all back then. And there was nobody who did new big Christmas songs. So you were going to release it as kind of an everyday, Hey, you know, we're putting out a Christmas album. No big deal. Um, after Matalo persisted, uh, Carrie and Walter began writing and composing songs for the Merry Christmas album in the mid, uh, the middle of 1994. So Carrie decorated the home that she shared with Matalo uh, with Christmas decorations, feeling that she could enter the holiday spirit and make her performance more authentic. You know, Wham did the same thing when we did our episode on last Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the I believe it was the middle of the summer, if I remember correctly. They wrote the song on the way to the recording studio in the taxi for, um, for like fifteen minutes. Or something fifteen like, minutes, like wrote the whole song, um, and then got in there, and then they like oh. you know, lit candles and they had like Christmas decorations to really set the mood. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to do things like that to really, especially when you want your art to be authentic. Um, you kind of have to get in that mindset and, and really yeah. like put yourself there. Cause if it's, I mean, if it's July, you're not really in the Christmas spirit yet. So yeah. how can that, you know, translate into your, your art? So, um, I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, she said, all I want for, or I'm sorry, all I want for Christmas was recorded that August, um, and took Carrie and Walter a total of 15 minutes, again, 15 minutes to write and compose. So let that be a lesson. I've also heard this a million times on the Chris to makes a podcast when he's interviewing all these bands oh, yeah. about their big hits. Um, you know, they start talking about, it, they're like, yeah, we wrote that song in like 15, 20 minutes. And it was kind of a throwaway. We didn't really know it was going to like end up on the album and it becomes their biggest hit they've ever had. So like, don't, over, those of you who are songwriters and I'm not, but don't, overwork yourself if you write the song in 15 minutes go with what you got because it may end up being the best song that you ever wrote if you're like i gotta take three months to um like i if i've if i've got to take three months to write this perfect this one perfect song then it's probably not going to be a perfect song right you're overdoing it just go in there and wing it man sidebar don't Sidebar. Don't look at Amanda's text right now. I saw a preview. I didn't read the whole thing. I just saw the preview. So I'll wait. <laughs> okay, so so our co our our other co-host Amanda Dolan is not here. She's uh I think she's moving sometime. You know, sometimes bought a freaking lake house, man. Congrats to her. That's awesome. Yeah, we need yeah, a party. She's a little busy. Yeah, we need a win words fail party at her house, right? Yeah. So I can visit <laughs> my the the state I was born in, Texas. True. Austin, True. Texas. Yeah. Um. We asked her to listen to both of these songs, the songs we're going to play for you in a minute. We, I have never heard heard these covers yet. So okay. It's, it's new to me. I don't know about you, Blake, but uh, uh-huh. we, just, we just asked Amanda to, to listen to them and give her her thought. So it's, right. on, it's on our phones, and we're going to do that after we give our... Uh, no. We have um, a vote. Yeah, so... All right. So at first, uh, Walter admitted the... Uh, that he that that he was puzzled and and blanched, blanched, blanched. Blanched. What does that mean? Blanched, blanched and blanched. Is that is that? I don't know. The Golden Listen. Girls. Blanched? Yeah, yeah. Blanched. He was totally blanched. He was Golden Girls by that. All right. Yeah, yeah. Looked it up for me, man. I'm looking it up. All right. Let's see. Blanched. So he was puzzled um, and blanched. I guess he. <laughs> I guess that means confused. Well, we are right now. We are very, very blanched. That I, I am blanched by the answer. I just all right. So I looked up what blanched means. Um, all right, it's an adjective. Okay, mm-hmm. um, of an item. In in speaking of an item or food, having been briefly immersed in boiling water, especially in order to remove the skin or to prepare it for further cooking. So Mariah Carey blanched this man. She know. boiled his water. She boiled him in water. She removed his skin. That's the story oh, that I'm going. So she's Mariah Carey's in a movie in in the uh, movie theater in the recording studio, and she decides that she's gonna she. I mean, she's got it's like the big, like in the jungles where they they have like the big the big pot. They want to cook. The, it's all the cannibals gathered around. They want to eat the man. They're cutting up carrots. They're putting it into the thing. It's getting hot in here. Oh, I'm in this hot tub. So she's blanching the guy, and that's when they write the song. As she's removing his skin, that is when they are like, oh. 
I don't want a lot for Christmas. I just want to eat your skin. Yep, that works. Let's do that. I wonder, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I, I, wonder if, uh, I just went off on a weird rabbit hole. That you can say anything you want to hear. We're not, you know, I mean, I wonder if uh, Garth Brooks blanched his his, uh, his fans. Because you did hear, you hear to remember that uh, Garth Brooks was. Uh, yeah. Is a, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, um, uh, after it, she removed the skin by blanching him, <laughs> asked to wear Carrie melody and vocal scales, uh, though she was adamant in her direction for the song. That totally did not mean since we totally butchered that <laughs> by going on on a on a you know rant uh, about that. So, um, in a in a review though, uh, with the Billboard, uh, Walter described the, the type of relationship he and Carrie shared with the with, shared in the studio as and as songwriters. It was always the same sort of system with us. We would write the nucleus of the, of the song, the melody, primary music. And then some of the words that were there as, as we finished writing it. I started playing some rock and roll piano and started boogie woogieing. <laughs> okay. Okay, Walter. Uh, okay, Walter. <laughs> my, my left hand and uh, boogie woogieing my left hand. And that inspired Mariah Carey to come up with melodic things. I don't want a lot for Christmas. And uh -huh. there. Yeah, and, and and then we started singing and playing around with this rock and roll boogie woogie in song, uh, which immediately came out to be the nucleus of what we would end up being all in one for Christmas and you. Mm -hmm. uh, that one went very quickly. It was an easier song to write than some of the other ones. Uh, it was very for formulaic, not. Not a lot of the core changing. Um, I tried to make it a little more unique, putting some special chords in that you really don't hear in a lot, uh, which made it a, a, a unique song and special for that. Uh, then for the next week or two, Mariah would call me up and say, oh, what do you think about this bit? Uh, we would then talk about the bit until she got the lyrics all nicely coordinated and done. Uh, and then we just waited until she be the, the session began, which were in the summer of 94, where we got together in New York and started recording. And that's when we first hear her at the microphone singing the song. And the rest, as you know, is history, he says. It is history. Yes. So. Yeah, man. But that's cool. Okay, so, so that right there tells me a lot about how they formed the song because you always yeah. wonder how a hit song is produced, how it is made, what when yes. you know. So that's that, that's a very uh good uh, tool that we learned. You know, I want to point something out too because like I think a lot of people have a, a very unrealistic expectation about like how songs are written. And when it comes to especially pop artists, they like to give them a hard time about oh well they don't write their own songs and yada yada yada. It's like no nine times out of ten Yes, they do write their own songs. Yeah. But they have the help of people like this guy. So, right, they're sitting around. Like, Taylor Swift does this a lot, too. And she's very open about that. And she's a great songwriter, but she has help. She writes songs yeah. with people. Yeah. She has an idea. They help with the song. It is, it is a team effort. It's always a team effort. So just go ahead and get that in your head. 
No one person writes the entire song. It is always a team effort. So they're sitting around, well, they're playing. Unless Metallica, and then uh, James Hetfield writes a whole song. James Hetfield writes everything, then, and he <laughs> yells at Lars. Lars yells at him. Yeah, Lars, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. He plays a trash can on Saint Anger. You know the, you know the drill. So, but but um, I have more respect for that album now. So, you know. I love Saint Anger. I've always yeah. loved Saint Anger. I never understood the hate. I do think the snare drum sounds like everybody go go, go watch the go watch that documentary called Some Kind of Monster. Kind of monster. Total yeah. more more respect for it than you ever yeah. did before. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Saint Anger's anyway. good. I don't like it. Oh yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, they're sitting there, and I guess that's where when he says the boogie woogie, he must be talking about the part. So she does that, you know, and she does her her yeah. whole little intro, mm-hmm. right? And then the part on the piano, I where it goes, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that must be the boogie woogie. He's yeah um all right well let's let's dive into our first cover here again i don't know a whole lot about this band i think you do though right have you have you heard of this band i've heard of them i don't listen to them but i did from from, from my friend i couldn't remember i was like maybe maybe james knows more about because you're you are way more up to date on newer rock metal than i am um so i i didn't know but yeah you're kind of like I like the old school, and I'm like the an old, old man. New, yeah, right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so let's see here. So this band is called uh, From Ashes to New. Uh, so From Ashes to New is an American rock band from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, the bands line up uh, frequently. Oh, that's where August Burns Road is from. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the band's lineup frequently shifted in its early years. Musician Matt Brandyberry, uh, being in the uh, being the founding and sole constant member of the band. Uh, they have released four studio albums: Day One, The Future, Panic, and Blackout. And they have found success with their many of many of their singles. Excuse me, including Through It All, Crazy, and Panic. Excuse me, which have reached uh, peaks of six, three, and eleven, respectively, on the Billboard mainstream uh, mainstream rock chart. Their singles: Nightmare, Until We Break, Hate Me Too, and Armageddon from the album Blackout have earned them success as well. Uh, from Ashes to New has been described as rap metal. I love it. New metal, uh, rap rock, and alternative metal. Um, so if you really like monster en- energy and punching holes in drywall, this I'm band like, is for you. Uh, the ba- All right. Do what? And Limp Biscuit. Uh, and Limp Biscuit, right. Uh, so the band's music video, uh, uh, the, excuse me, the band's music also features elements of genres such as alternative rock, punk rock, hardcore, um, uh, heavy metal, hip hop, uh, electronica, electronic core, and the like. Uh, the band's influences include Bone Thugs and Harmony. I love that. I always love when they're like, "Yeah, these are our main influences." All right, yeah. here we go: Bone Thugs and Harmony, Corn, Lin- uh, Lincoln Park, Skrillex, uh, Seven Dust, Breaking Benjamin, Eminem, DMX, Drag On, Pantera, Glassjaw. I love Glassjaw. Uh, a- Alexis on Fire, Allison Chains, and of Mice and Men. Um, so oh, what a, a wide range because you what a wide range of influences to Pantera. I love it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, so yeah, their cover of All I Want for Christmas is You was re- was released as a single in 2022 and can be found wherever you listen to music. This one actually has a music video to go along with it. So if you're watching on YouTube with us, we're gonna react to it in real time. And three, I, haven't, I haven't watched the video and I haven't even oh. listened to the full song. I've just heard bit pieces. So it's a raw reaction for you with me. Nice. Okay, cool. Right, here we go in three, two, one. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. 
Yo, that is legit. Okay. All right. All right. That is legit, son. Right. I love okay. that one. Okay. I can I I I sense you kind of did not dig it. Okay. Here's what I have to say. Oh, oh, oh. Um I but no, before story. before all right, yeah. Let let me let me do my part because it's a little it's yeah, probably more yeah, yeah, negative yeah. than what than what well, yours is. All right. Um all right, here's the thing. We know how I feel about some of these covers that we do. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing I cannot stand, it is scrolling through TikTok or Instagram and saying, what if all I want for Christmas was pop punk? What if all I want for Christmas was metal? Yeah. And, you know, and then you watch it and you're like, oh cool, man. Sound just like all other 400 bands that have covered this. Right. Right. Here's what I like about that song. So I love the intro and the outro of that song with like that. So that this beat has a, I don't, I'm, I'm a drummer. No, no, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the names of things, but right, like, okay. it's like a, all I can, it's like a swinging, like a swinging beat on the month of Christmas, right? That's the normal right. beat of the song. Right. Um, so it's got this like swinging halftime that I love. That 
and those like pinch harmonic harmonics, I guess is what it is. Like a real, the real high pitched guitar squeals that they do in there. I love those. Here's my problem with the song. The whole song is like that. The whole song is that halftime kind of swinging beat. I think to change up the dynamics, if they would have done just like the normal like beat to go along with it, and then then done you know the the halftime for like the breakdown, um, and then the outro and the intro, just to kind of change it up a little bit. I feel like that would have made it better. Um, right. I do like a lot of elements of that song. Um, that was one thing that listening to it in full, I was like, like, oh, he, the drummer did the the same thing the whole time. Okay, that's fine. I think if you wanted to add some razzle dazzle, uh, then like you he know, could add, he could added a lot more blast beats. You know, kind of mix up something, something. Bit. And that's honestly that's what I, I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Heard it, and I was like, okay, here's what here's my here's my predictions about how the song and how this guy's gonna play the drums on it. Right. I expected them to go into a part where you you know you did all that uh, with the blast beats or whatever and it didn't happen and that's okay yeah. um obviously you loved it um it's it wasn't for me but i also am i have a very sore spot for yeah, for yeah, yeah for, that for a, a lot of a lot of modern rock and metal because it's so it has become so generic so i have a, i have a hard time and i like stuff that stands out a little bit more um so it it wasn't my favorite now i I know, like full disclaimer too, I said at the beginning of this episode, I, I wanted to find a worthy opponent to the other one that we're playing um, because the other it. one is, is, and you haven't heard the other one, but um, I have loved this one for almost 20 years, this other cover we're about to listen to. Okay. Um, and I feel like this was a close enough worthy opponent uh, for for the uh, the one we're going to get into in just a minute, but tell me your thoughts. Don't let mine ruin you. Tell me tell me what you loved about it. My opinion doesn't mean diddly squat. Tell me, buddy. First of all, your your opinion does mean something. <laughs> it doesn't no, uh, it doesn't. I promise you, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it does, dude. We're all equal here, so uh, I never heard it like that before. You know, uh -huh. I wanted to hear it. Forewarning. When you when you uh, said we were doing this this song all over Christmas, I wanted to hear something like that that I never ever heard before, and this sure. this brought it to the table, you know, because mm -hmm. I've never heard it like metalized. Is that a word? Yeah, one. Um, yeah. yeah, that's metalized before. Um, I've mm -hmm. heard it other. You know, I think I heard it country styled, but I never heard sure. it metalized. You know, but but uh, but I yeah. do agree with you. Like they could add add this a, a, a little bit more, but when you come from a song for like a Mariah Carey song, you're not sure how to how to structure the song metal metal uh -huh. version, you know? Right. So, so I give all the props to them. They 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 figured it out. You know, they they made a good cover. I I I, I think you know. I like to call it TikTok core. Yeah. Because this, right. is, this is something yeah. I would see scrolling through TikTok. And it's the band trying to promote themselves. And I have no problem with that. Right. I have no problem with you promoting yourself and trying to get your music out there. Right. But when everybody literally has a copy and paste caption, right. uh, what if all I want for Christmas was metal? Right. Uh, you know, it just, it, it gets old after a while. You know uh, what I realized? You know what you told the whole world right now? What did I tell them? You're on TikTok way too much. I am. I, I, I <laughs> well, 100% tell you, I am on TikTok. TikTok is, is fantastic. But, I love it. But for these covers, it's like, it's. I report I, them. Now I see them and yeah. I report 
the video. And every, and I tell you what, if our last night ever pops up on my phone again, I'm going to drive to wherever that band practices, and I'm going to cut all the power lines so that they can no longer continue to bother me because every time I get a freaking video from the band our last night and that's literally all they do and now they're doing this big tour where it's like it's the covers tour and it's like yeah well that's all you got <laughs> and he, anyway you, you, all you got is covers you don't do original songs whatever man boom boom and, shots fired whoa. i cannot stand that band i would love to have them on the podcast so i could tell them that i cannot stand your band i'm over it you guys are very talented musicians but you have made a career off of playing other people's music and i have a problem with that anyway oh my gosh anyway what? oh i got one more thing to say about that band that's just a new oh, okay what i don't what i don't like about their band name what i don't like about your band name is that you basically ripped it off of two other band names that were already similar that came out years ago 20 years ago um, from first to last, and then another band called From Autumn to Ashes. Um, so now we've got I this band. I can understand from, from Autumn to Ashes, but not first to last. I don't well, from that. first to last, used to they they used to rip on each other with From Autumn to Ashes back in the day because they were like, "Hey, we've got similar band names." Ha <laughs> ha! Isn't that funny? Right. And what's funny is like in the list of people that they listed as uh, the influences, Skrillex is one of them. And for those of you who don't know, Skrillex is a DJ. Um, but the but he was the singer of from first to last yeah. before he was a DJ. He was when he was like 15 or 16 years old, he was singing in from first to last. And so they, I mean, straight up ripped their band name off of oh, anyway, whatever, man. I am calm now, James. Please tell me about one of my favorite bands. Maybe, maybe we should have flopped. <laughs> we should have flopped. Should have reversed it, you know. I'm sorry. Woo! I'm gonna take a step back. I'm gonna calm down for a second. Who's uh who's uh like so yeah you fan you okay so we're gonna talk about Blake's favorite one of Blake's favorite band we all know what he was his ultimate favorite band and I have a problem with that but that's for like a like a later show you got a you got a problem with my favorite band yes because that is not your favorite band of this year of this year. You remember when I'm talking, oh, you're about? talking about my, my Spotify? Yes, um, it's, I know. Number, it's number two. I know. Well, yeah, they were number two. Isn't that wild? What's wrong with that, man? All right, uh, we'll talk about it. That's coming up because we're going to do an episode on our yes. Spotify wraps yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah, and Apple Music for, wraps or whatever. So, right. Yeah, we're going to do that with Amanda. Dude. That's going to be great. That's yeah. gonna be great. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's time. Okay, that's that's whatever. Uh, my Chemical Romance, commonly yeah. abbreviated as MCR or My Chem. It's an American rock band from New New York, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, the band's current lineup consists of Gerald, Gerald Way, singer, mm -hmm. uh, lead guitarist Roy Toro, rhythm guitarist Frank Lero. Iro? I, I, I don't really know how to say his last name. Yeah, Frank Frank, Frank Iro, I guess. I don't he's know. Just, he's just Frank for this, you know. Frank, eh, Frank, go old Frank. Uh, and bassist Mikey Way. Kind of, kind of uh, milky, milky, milky way, you know, like Mikey way. Yeah, milky, milky way, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, they are considered one of the most influential rock, rock groups of the 2000s, which I, I, I can agree. Hundred. A major act in the pop, punk, and emo genres. 
uh, despite the band rejecting that later label. They don't yeah, like they, they did not like being called an emo band. No, sir. Emotional. I guess that's emotional music, right? Or something emo. Uh, okay. One day we'll talk about emo. It's emo can mean a thousand different things. Okay. Um, yeah, but yes, if we do, if you were to do a like Jeff Jeff suggested a a Mount Rushmore yeah. of music genre, yeah. um, it would or the big four of like emo bands, my Chemical Romance would be at the forefront of that every single time. Um, but uh, they but like they it. they do not like that. But as far as like any especially from like early 2000s pop punk and emo music my chemical romance was the band that is what everything was modeled after especially on the darker side of things the eyeliner the black straightened hair the whatever everybody modeled that look and that style off of my chemical romance so yeah they made it because success came from um the black parade right the black parade was their monster it is their sergeant pepper's Okay. Um, and, and I have heard it referred to as the Sergeant Pepper of this generation. Right. Um, okay. Nice. And and I agree with that a hundred percent. That's a great album. Great album. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, founded in September two thousand and one. Did I get the up two thousand one? By Gerard, Mikey, Toro, and drummer Matt Pellister. 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 Uh, and later, boy, by joined by uh, Frank, Frank. <laughs> uh, uh, the band signed with Eyeball Records and released their debut album. Um, I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love. Oh, so good, that's, so good. It's such a good, such a good album. Good lord, that's a fantastic oh. title. Um, yeah, it's it, a concept I, album. Later confirmed, it is a concept album. The Black Parade is not their only concept album. Um, I brought you my bullets and three cheers also. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. So, Useless music knowledge. You're welcome, everyone. Right, yeah. See, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the king of it, right? So uh, I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love came out in 2012, 2002. I'm sorry. Um, they, they signed with Reprise, Reprise Records mm-hmm. um, the next year and released their major label debut, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge in 2004. Blake's one of Blake's favorites. One, one of my favorite albums of all time, baby. Uh, shortly after the album's release, uh, what was his name? Matt. Oh, Sear. Matt. Yeah. Uh, was replaced by Bob Breyer. Breyer. Yeah. Breyer. Yeah, Bob um, Breyer. The album was a commercial success, attaining platinum status over a year later. The success <laughs> of the band's uh, previous album was eclipsed by that of their 2006 rock opera custom album, The Black Parade. As, as, as also, the, another one of my favorite albums of all time. Right. Um, a major commercial success. Uh, it's leading a Welcome to the Black Parade, uh, top the UK charts, uh, singles charts. Uh, the album solidified the band's following despite negative coverage of in the Daily Mail. Generating controversy, yeah. and, and of course it does, right? Of course, because everybody hates something, you know, whether <laughs> it has nothing to do with them or something. Yeah. Um, uh, the band's fourth album, studio album, uh, "Danger Days: The The True Lives of the Fabulous Kill Killjoys." Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, was released in 2010. Uh, Briar departed the band prior to the release of the album, and in 2012 they added touring keyboardist. Uh, James D- 
Dweezies? James James Dweez, and it Dweez. doesn't mention this in the notes, but James, for those of you who may or may not know, James Dweez is the, uh, I'm assuming I'm saying his last name right, um, but he is the singer of the band Reggie and the Full Effect, um, but they, but he is also a very, he is used a lot of times for playing keys with, and he's played with numerous bands, filling in, touring with them, whatever, like Newfound Glory and different ones like that, so yeah. Nice, nice, so they got him in 2012. In 2012 and 2013, though, the band released a series of singles that they had recorded in 2009 under the collective title Controversial Weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Chemical Moments announced its breakup in March 2020, 20, March 22nd, 2013, and Blake was, um, I guess, sad about that because that's one of his favorite out. Listen, um, okay. Okay. Well, right, yeah. Let's 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 dive into that a little bit. Right. When MCR broke so, up, this is 2013, y'all. 2013, when they announced that they were breaking up, yes, it was a guttural blow uh, to uh, all of us little uh, elder emos now. But um, <laughs> oh, but pot, yeah, it, it's it's it, it it was hard because it was like oh my god, but also at the same time the the creative side of all these bands. And all the guys that are in these bands, sometimes there's a band you wish would break up because it's like, dude, you haven't had a good album in like 15 years. Why don't you guys just hang it up? Um, And unfortunately, there's a lot of bands that I absolutely love that I think should have broken up a long time ago and solidify that that rise in popularity and solidify your time as the best whatever band, right? And MCR did that. Like they, they were like, you know what? We've done, we've got some great albums under our belt. And even though Danger Days wasn't like my favorite thing in the world, it's still a good album, especially all these years later. I can go back and listen to it. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot better than I than I thought the first time I listened to it. Right. Um, but they they were like, you know what? Rather than just like turning into another one of these bands that should have broken up a long time ago, why don't we just break up? Like we're, 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 we're you know. Sign- go ahead. Side note, mm-hmm. who is a band now besides Kiss because they're done? Maybe. Uh-huh. Um, who would you honestly break up because they haven't had, I mean, they haven't had good. Offspring is the first band that comes to mind. The Offspring should have broken up a long, long time ago. Like, they're still making music or no? They're still making new music. And I don't care if you like still tour, but you play all your old stuff. But like, as far as new music, when you haven't had like a good, album or even just a single in so long unless you're just playing all your old hits hang it up man like it just and the the offspring is one of the first bands that comes to mind all those guys are getting really old anyway it's time to just just stop just stop you know some 41 is breaking up and i think as much as i love some 41 they have also not had a good album in like two or three albums so this is the right time for them to break up you think this is the right time for them to break up and honestly i was okay with some 41 saying hey we're breaking up like okay preserve your legacy as a great one of my favorite pop punk bands and just hang it up um but you know go ahead sorry I still think that that, that model crew should have broken up whenever they said, "Hey, man, we're done. We're you know finalizing." So mm-hmm. I don't understand. I, I kind of I, I don't understand them letting Mick, Mar- Mick Marcus go and John Five come in. Although mm-hmm. I do love John Five, he can play. He could chicken pick. Sure. Who else? Yeah. You know, who could chicken pick? Like you know, I mean, go go do this. Yeah, but yeah. I, I yeah, but I honestly think that uh, Motley Crue should have stuck to their contracts and 
because they signed right. the contract saying that we're never gonna do this again. But yeah, sure. you later. I, yeah, crew. You know, it's. it's I think. It's all, you know. I think what people should model after when it comes to a band, if you have like a major successful album like the Black Parade. And they got burnt out on that, right? Like they they yeah. toured for years, like two years straight, um, supporting the Black Parade. Um, they were playing it in full every night, and it was a concept album. So they dressed up, like they had the whole thing, and they just got tired of it. And I don't blame them. I'd get tired of it too. And I'm a I'm a fan of it. But I would get tired of it if I was the band and I had to play Welcome to the Black Parade every single night. You know, like it. Yeah, it gets old. So they were burnt out. They put out one more album. They realized, okay, look, our creative like juices are just not flowing anymore. Why don't we just hang it up? Now, what I think is a good idea is you break up and then you form a super group because that is exactly what happened with My Chemical Romance. Um, there were several like little super groups that came out. Um, all of them kind of split off and did their own thing. Um, you know, uh, Gerard Way also got very popular. Um, as we mentioned, we did our, our comic book episode years ago. Um, Gerard Way gained success a, again with in the world of comic books because he wrote The Umbrella Academy and that took off and now it's a Netflix show. And and so he was, you know, he had success outside of just music, but it helped the appeal of that comic book definitely came from, oh, it's the singer of My Chemical Romance wrote this comic book. That is crazy. Of course, I'm going to read it. Right. right. So it like appealed to people like me. And I do love the Umbrella Academy. I love the show. I love all the comics. They're great. But I don't know if I would have gotten into it had I not known that Gerard Way was the one that was responsible for it. So exactly. Exactly. you do other things to kind of keep your popularity, you know, there. Um, and that way, when things like what's about to happen actually happen, it puts the world into a full on like panic mode to buy tickets and they're selling out arenas galore. Why don't you, why don't you get into that, James? Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird. Um, uh, uh, so back to my chemical romance though, my chemical romance announced that it's breakup in March to, we need to read 2013. Good Lord. I can't yeah. talk today. Um, <laughs> like I said before, but, but in 2014, a great, a greatest hits album titled, May Death Never Stop You was released and its 10th anniversary reissue of the Black Parade uh, was released in 2016. On on October 31st, Halloween 2019, uh, (laughs) the band announced a a reunion show which took place in LA on December 20th, 2019. In January 2020, they announced additional shows and a reunion tour which commenced in 2022 after a two-year post-prominent due to the COVID-19 pandemic and concluded in early 2023. Dude, so here's what happened. They broke up, okay? They, They do all their stuff. And then out of the freaking blue, I remember my phone blew up with notifications and alerts on Halloween 2019 that my chemical romance was getting back together and like it was it was so wild i was so excited i was so happy um and of course like the reunion uh show like sold out within i mean milliseconds sold out right right and then they do this they announce this tour this world tour that they're going to do all over the country all over the world um and then freaking covid hit like right (laughs) 
right after that and they had to postpone it so then they were postponing shows to 2021 and then 2021 came around and they were like you know what? We have to postpone this again for a whole another year so they have had sold out tickets to these shows yeah. for like two or three years man it was freaking it was nuts and i knew there was no chance i was going to be able to go see them but then things like when we were young fest like came out and um you know like everyone thought it was a joke because it was like paramore and my chemical romance like in the same bill and everybody's like yeah right yeah. and then it turned out to be real so all the all you lucky sobs that got to go to when we were young fest the first year in las vegas and got to see my chemical romance and paramore in the same weekend kudos to you i'm happy for you it was nice you know you didn't <laughs> love the cup you know I, I'm, I'm proud of you <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reserve myself <laughs> right. yes. anyway right. the band's back together they do have a they have a new single that they have released and it is oh, really so they're good making new, new music. they are na- making new music and it's actually really good there has been one single release that they released last year and that's all you got um but it had like all these really cool cryptic teases or whatever i love that and, um yeah. yeah i love those and uh so it's fun and um so i'm excited about a new album to see uh where it goes from here yeah okay cool cool uh so their cover of all of all for christmas was released in 2004 and has been featured on a few punk rock christmas yeah. compilations so that's cool yeah so it, it and i and it has it's been on a lot of it, it wasn't officially re- i mean this is before spotify so it was just like kind of thrown out there and as you see on this cover this album cover which yeah. exists it's a true album uh it's 20 songs that keep on giving and right featuring michael Bublé. michael Bublé. i come look a romance White uh, the flaming lips jack's mannequin randy travis that's something you don't um, see really country artists with oh, holy crap you got uh, <laughs> right smith reliant k white, white yokum holy crap yeah. like <laughs> shelton rem like all these people on one album right it's just it's this weird mix but this this actually exists so they used yeah yeah they used yep um reliant k um, lips, i love the flaming lips flaming lips yeah man so all right wow okay. um enough of this you know <laughs> we need to get on to the music now so. here we go okay in three two one here we go Underneath the Christmas tree, I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true, baby. All I want for Christmas is you.
how you do it that is how you do it that right there what you just witnessed is how you do a cover that's how you do it james tell me your thoughts i'm not sure if that's how you do cover that's how you do it my boy my my boy <laughs> my boy okay, so <laughs> i feel strongly about this that we did a 180 together oh, we did okay all we right we're heading in on this one i was heading in on the other one yeah right right I agree. I do love the halftime near uh-huh. the end of this song. That's the one thing uh-huh. I could say possibly about this song. To me, yeah. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate, and I'm fully <laughs> prepared on this, you know? But that sounds like directly like chemical romance. Uh-huh. They, they, didn't, they didn't go out of their, the box to make it their own. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So that's what I was like. Okay. All right, here's my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, please, please. Here's my thoughts. If I had never heard the song, the original song before, ever in my life. Right. And thinking about when the song was released, so it's 2004. This is when Three Cheers was released. It sounds like it would have fit in perfectly on Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Everything about it. The way, the how it's stylized, how it goes from like, all right, so we talked about like that, that like swinging like beat that goes along with it, right? So the beginning of the song is very like straightforward, dun 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 dun, dun you know? Yeah. Um, but then it switches to that swinging beat. Like whenever we start getting to like the pre-chorus, chorus, you know, m- melodies. Um, and I love that. And then we're going to halftime. And that is that is that is how that whole three cheers to sweet revenge album is. There's mm-hmm. so many good songs on there. Um, because of just they're so beautifully written, like the di- the di- the dynamics are so good. Um, so yeah, if I had never heard All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey and I heard that, I would have just thought right. I would have been like, Oh, that's a cool my chemical romance song. Um yeah. so I I think they did a great job of taking that song and making it sound like they could have written it. That yeah, could be yeah. one of their original songs. I'll agree with that. It's not, it's a cover. Right. Um, and I just so and one of the things I love about that now this was if if I am correct, I I think that who played drums on that song, I don't know for sure, but I don't think that was Bob Breyer who took the place of um Matt uh Pelsier. Yeah. Um that dude was kicked out of the band because he was terrible live. Um he couldn't keep time live. He was terrible. <laughs> he and uh, oh, no. they kicked they, oh, they were no. so frustrated with him, they were like, dude, you gotta go. 
Yeah. Um, they brought they bought uh, brought Bob Breyer in. Listening to the tone of those drums, it sounds like the same drums that was used on Three Cheers, which Bob Breyer did not record. Well, that was he didn't other come day. along Matt. until Black Parade. Okay, so that was um, Matt playing them. Right. I, do, I, I think it was Matt playing. I don't know for sure, but it sounds a lot like him. And if I'm correct, and, and like drum tones and how everything sounds, that's what it sounds like to me. Also, that, that guy likes to use a lot of the bell on the ride. Yeah, and it's got that part like in the in the chorus where it's like the ting 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 ting. I love that, mm-hmm. um, but which is which is a big thing that Bob Breyer does. So it could it could be Bob Breyer on there. Maybe they just use the same drums that they recorded the album with and just had him do it. I don't know, um, but I love it. I think that is a great cover, and I have been waiting to do a cover course on this just so I can talk about how much I love it. So if it's not obvious, I. Blake Mosley, I'm having to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my Chemical Romance as far as my preferred cover. I and again, I just want to stress. I do think that the other cover is good. I just feel the need. I feel the need and the responsibility. Honestly, I feel the responsibility as a music lover to uh, point out whenever a band is like, "Hey, buddy, I know you guys are trying to get big. Please be original. Please take some time." to figure out what works for you as a band instead of copying 20 other bands. Right. But, but again, what do I know? I am just a simpleton. I'm just a podcaster. Like it doesn't matter. I, yeah, I, I just, that's my, it's my humble opinion. Well, that's, that's yeah. Okay. So that's all I'm going to go with from Ashes to new. Obviously. Okay. I Obviously I figured, I figured that was the case. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's me, me, for me, metal is a, is a prominent prominent genre of my life. I do like pop, pop punk, but now just went to uh-huh. and I feel like they they delivered it for me. Sure. And okay, since we since Miss Amanda's not here, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you what she says. She listened to the song though, and she got back with us, and she says, "Quote: Since <laughs> I've been getting in touch with my metal side, I feel like from ashes to new is the way to go." So that's okay. Her All right. Fair so, enough. Like, man, like we said before, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what you think. So it's if true. you can re- um, comment below or or just uh, write us a review telling us which ones you like better, feel free to do that. You know, we, we love to hear your opinion and no opinion is wrong when it comes to music. And you know who's definitely going to give us their opinion? Who's Jeff Wisner. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It must definitely be Jeff. Jeff is gonna Jeff is gonna message us in our little group chat on Facebook and tell us which one he preferred. Okay, and, so uh, so why don't I, we do I look forward to that. So why don't we do this? I think he'll pick my chemical romance. How about you? What what what, what do you think that Jeff would, would uh, respond with? I don't know because I've never talked about my chemical romance with him. Right. And they like he MCR almost has this like cult like following. Um, yeah. and I'm definitely in that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how Jeff feels about modern right. rock metal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know which one he would pick, but Jeff, please tell us. You're going to tell us anyway, but <laughs> right. yeah. I would I'd love to hear it. Um, please put it in our little group chat that we have on Facebook. Um, yeah. So I think done. he'll pick my chemical. It's, it's just something about that. Seems seems to scream out Jeff more than from Ashes. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. The uh, true if, mystery lies ahead. If if you had to pick one, which which one he would pick? Which one? Who me? Yeah. 
my chemical romance. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Because <laughs> yeah, for some reason, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff doesn't scream like metal, you know. So uh-huh. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, Jeff like metal for sure. But I think he likes anything. I don't. I don't, honestly don't know what kind of music Jeff likes. Yeah. If I'm being honest, he might be like. I don't know, man. He might be an industrial guy. He could be a doo-wop oh, fan. Britney, Britney um, might be his favorite. He might love Britney Spears. Know. Like we just don't know. He just might like be Swifty for all I know. Might be, and might uh, be. and I hope he is. Yeah, and maybe we can talk about. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, uh, well, since Amanda's not here, <laughs> we're gonna thank you for listening to the show today. If you enjoyed all these episodes, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you you can. That's right. And if you'd like to follow the show on us uh, on the on the on the social media. We're on Facebook, X, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for When Words Fail, Music Speaks Podcast, um, and uh, give us a follow. Yeah. And would you like to be interviewed in the, on the show? If you're a musician, please reach out to us at, at james at whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com or blake at whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com or, or Amanda Dolan, D-O-L-I-N, at whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com. Or... You can message us on any of the social sites mentioned before. Yes. And if you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, like if you're watching right now, if you watched our reaction and saw the completely opposite reactions between 180, 180 of, of me and James um, of as to what we chose to headbang to, um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch more cover wars like these, interviews, music video reactions, vinyl showcases, and much, much more. It's youtube.com slash when words fail music speaks and be sure to turn on the notifications bell so that you can be notified when new videos are uploaded and if you're currently watching this on youtube just give for old oh, oh, that, that like button, button. Yeah. that like button yeah i guess that's a... bell, I'm, you know what i'm gonna start right. saying belly flop that like button i like that i like that belly, belly flop all over that like that like button i never belly flopped in a, in a pool before i listen I don't, I have not, I watched a guy jump off a cliff on TikTok last night into a an, an, uh, a body of water and he belly flopped all the way down. He broke like some kind of world record too. And I was like, that poor man. God, imagine what's going <laughs> that on. Hurt, it hurt to watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for all of these links or to find more about us or to buy some more awesome merchandise, uh, visit our website, please, at whenwordshowmusicspeaks.com. Yeah, and if you don't mind checking out my other podcast, it's called South Carolina Spook Show. It's all about true crime, paranormal, and cryptids, and of all the things that you like, all the spooky things. And it's all South Carolina-based. So if you're into that, it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episode coming out very soon, um, hopefully this weekend, maybe early next week. We'll see. So is there some Christmas spooky stuff going around? No, I tried. I tried to look for some stuff. I didn't really know what to do. I didn't have a lot of time to to gather anything like that. But okay. maybe next year I'll find something to, maybe to next do. Year. Yeah, maybe. It's just this is a normal episode, but a a very compelling one. Um, if actually like if I can plug it a little bit, um, there is an ongoing just like string of disappearances and suspicious oh. like possible murders that's going on like up in the upstate. Um, and, uh, there's a guy on YouTube who covers it, Eric Allen. Um, he's from Beaufort. He covered the Murdoch case, but he started talking about this. And then that, I started looking into it and I was like, holy crap, this is, this is a wild story. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's still like ongoing. Um, so if you want to listen to it and you can get like all the links, 
uh, where like if you have any type of information that you can relay to the police, please listen to it and follow those links and do whatever. It's it's a wild story, man. Nice, nice. I, 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 and also check out if you will check out uh, Amanda's podcast called The Mental Society. Uh, mm-hmm. She has brand new episodes coming out shortly, so yeah. give her a follow. You know, and rate, rate and review hers as, as hey, yeah. hours, please. And thank you once again for our sponsors on this episode and all of our other past episodes, Bones Coffee and BetterHelp.com. Remember to use the discount code MUSICSPEAKS at checkout for 10% off your order at BonesCoffee.com. And I need to order a new, a new um, fleet of them because I'm out of them. Uh, so I'll be ordering them pretty soon. Um, Blake. I I remember I I remember you you got the oogie boogie mudslide. How was mm-hmm. that? It, 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 so it, good. It, okay. So, that's so it's, uh, here's the thing: it's not for everybody. Some people don't like chocolate coffee. I love chocolate coffee. I love chocolate coffee. So, okay. Yes. Okay. So, so it tastes it, like chocolate. It, it's very appealing to me. Okay. Um, yeah, there, I know yeah, it's not everybody's yeah. thing, but there's plenty of other options. It, it, you know, it's a wide variety of of coffee flavors to choose from. Is there any other flavors that you that that you would recommend for me? Um, do you, how do you feel about bananas foster? That's also like, I love bananas, bananas foster, um, coffee. It's just, it's good. I love banana flavored things. So the bananas foster is really good. Um, there's like a macadamia nut flavor. That's really good. Um, and, uh, also the, the haunted mansion, um, like caramel brownie flavor. They got it in K cup. I don't know if they have it in K cups, but it's, I got the bag. Okay. With the mug from Bones Coffee, and it oh, is uh, one of my favorite Haunted mugs Man. ever. Okay. Haunted yeah. Mansion. I love that. I love that ride. I love the movie. The new movie's great. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 some high quality stuff from Bones Coffee here recently. So, so go to Bones Coffee and type in Music Speaks for ten percent out, ten percent off your order. And also, thank you to BetterHelp.com. Um, you can go to you can go to betterhelp.com slash music speaks to also get your your 10% off your first month of therapy and to get matched with a therapist that is perfect for you. Bada bing. Bada bing, bada boom. And All right. You got have anything. Do you have anything to tell? I, I don't. I um I just uh I am uh I'm hoping <laughs> I I'm, I just want to say, Jeff, if you're listening, I am really looking forward to to getting getting your response because I feel like like we've known Jeff for years, years but yeah. I don't know what kind of music Jeff likes. Right. I know what Jeff likes. I know so, he loves Ghostbusters. So we've had him on the show, but we we didn't we forgot to ask we didn't him talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can invite him back on again and, and yeah, his uh, thoughts. Yeah, we'll have Although, to really dig into the mind of Jeff. I am coming to something next week, and I told you and, and Ali, so hopefully yep. y'all can come out. Because Jeff hopefully so. yep. Kevin and Summer is going to go to Pizza Lane and enjoy some pizza. Mm, I yes. really want you and Ali there. Because how, how often do y'all come to something? Never, you know? So Yeah. We, we've got together once before for the cut of... Um, Double Wears Prada. Yeah, well, yes. They, yes. They, so... So it's two two times I'll be able to see maybe you. maybe yeah. soon yeah so maybe yeah, sometime so, soon hopefully yeah, so hopefully yeah. you again uh, can come over. With that said, um, thank you for listening to the show, and always remember when words fail, music speaks. Bye guys. Fare thee well. <laughs>